the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Indeed, hour number two underway now at 11 minutes past 10 o'clock. A little bit late coming in into, the, into this hour due to our uh, extended conversation with Congressman Jim Jordan. Uh, it's the uh, Monday morning, the eighth morning of the month of October in the year of our Lord, 2018. Thank you so much. Congress, or Congressman, <laughs> Judge Brett Kavanaugh is now Justice Brett Kavanaugh, and it is a time for celebration. I've been playing a little bit of the uh, audio uh, from the video cover of Panama by Van Halen uh, called Kavanaugh instead of Panama, you, you're going to love it. I tweeted it, and I Facebooked it. You can find those things on Twitter at Radio Done Right and at uh, Facebook at France Radio. Twitter, Radio Done Right, Facebook, France Radio. Check those out. It is absolutely outstanding. I want to say this, too, about uh, Judge Brett Kavanaugh becoming Ju- Justice Kavanaugh. I have a lot of other things to say, but in, in addition, I want to say this. Judge Kavanaugh has hit the ground running. He was just confirmed as Justice Kavanaugh on Saturday, shortly, just a couple of hours after the actual confirmation vote, he was sworn in in a private ceremony uh, inside the Supreme Court by Chief Justice John Roberts. There will be a ceremony, ceremonial ceremony, sorry for the redundancy, uh, but it's largely ceremonial since he's already been sworn in, uh, tonight, I believe. Tomorrow, he will start hearing cases with the Supreme Court including a couple of cases that may have to be re-argued because they were heard last week while all of this nonsense was going on, and they resulted in 4-4 ties. So they will need that ninth justice, who is Brett Kavanaugh, to break the ties. So they'll have to hear arguments all over again. So when I say he's hit the ground running, he's only been, a, he's only been confirmed now for roughly 48 hours, and he has already started assembling his staff of law clerks. And... I think it's fair to point out, and thanks to Samuel for reminding me of this, that the four law clerks that 
Judge Kavanaugh has a high, has hired, Justice Kavanaugh rather, has hired to work for him and serve uh, his needs uh, in the Supreme Court are all women. Two of the four women that he hired are black women, African-American women. That's two more than uber-leftist Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has hired to clerk for her in 25 years on the court. She was confirmed in 1993. She was confirmed 25 years ago. And Justice Brett Kavanaugh is hiring, has hired four women, and two of them African-American. And before anybody insults those four women by suggesting that he did this for cover, to make it look like he respects women, and isn't biased against minorities, which is part of the defamation and the slander and the smears that he has faced from the left, understand when you say such things, you are not insulting Justice Kavanaugh. You are insulting those four women, suggesting that they are political props hired to improve his reputation. Absolutely ridiculous, especially when you look at his track record of hiring in his previous positions as an appellate judge on the second highest court in the land and beyond. So congratulations to Justice Kavanaugh for that. All right, a lot of other things I want to get into today, including the left's reaction to all of this, and an article in the, in the Politico that honestly I really truly thought came from The Onion. In all seriousness, Politico arguing that the left has to decide to be more aggressive. Let me say that again. Politico arguing that the problem with the Democrats is that they've been too nice. I'm sorry to laugh. That they've been too nice. It's not a joke. There's a headlined article on Politico.com today. Democrats fear they're the wet rag party. That it's time for them to get mad and to get even. Wait, what? It's time for them to be more ruthless, it says, in, in Politico? Really? As Twitter user CPBacon4CO tweeted in response to that, shooting at Republicans on a baseball field, beating them up at their homes, forming rage mobs to chase them out of the public square. That's not ruthless enough? Hashtag walk away. Hashtag vote Republican. Hashtag Kavanaugh confirmed. Hashtag MAGA. It's impossible for them to be more ruthless, more animalistic. Yes, that's the word I'm using. That's the adjective. Animalistic describes them. Animalistic describes their behavior. If you looked at what they continue to do, not just in Washington, D.C. with their rage mobs, but also all around the country. Animalistic, blocking traffic, harassing, fighting, attacking, tearing up signs, kicking cameras out of people's faces, kicking people in the faces, screaming like banshees while the role is being called during an important uh, Senate vote. Animalistic. The party of animals. And not in a good way, like they're, they're, they're looking out for animal rights with PETA. Party of animals in the way that they act. Doug in Bedford, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for waiting. Doug, go ahead. Yeah, Bob. Hey, 
Um, I agree with you that, thank God, we are returning to the rule of law. But I disagree with your take on Kagan. I don't think in the history of the Supreme Court that any justice truly went there without preconceived ideas. Look at the history. I mean, the progressives have been using the court since before the turn of the 20th century. Hey, hey, Doug, hey, Doug can you turn your radio down in the background? Because it's, oh. I'm hearing you twice, and I'm hearing everything that we're oh, saying I'm after sorry. that. Yeah, yeah try okay. to turn that down when you come on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, anyhow, I really think that, you know, we are saying, thank goodness Kavanaugh's there for his constitutionalism. Mm-hmm. They are saying... No, we want justices that believe in the living Constitution. Both sides are coming with preconceived ideas. Yeah, but here's the, here's the reason I say what I say, Doug, is that the Republicans' preconceived idea, which you just said, is constitutionalism, which is yes, what is required absolutely. of a jurist, which is what is required of a jurist. That's not ideology. That's a belief in the Constitution and the law as it's written. What the left is coming in with preconceived notions toward is activism, legislative uh, activism from the judicial branch of the government, which is fundamentally in violation of the Constitution. And Elena Kagan essentially admitted it. The right has not admitted, or the the, uh, justices who are, quote-unquote, Republican appointees on the court have not admitted any such thing. All they're saying is is we want to follow the law. I agree with you on that point, Bob. But what I'm saying is the whole history of the court is, comes in with preconceived ideas. I mean, Roosevelt tried to stack the court with people that believed in his New Deal and everything. Sure. Um, just, you know, this is the way it's done. I went back and read parts of the Federalists on the Supreme Court, and I get the feeling that they kind of believed that presidents would appoint people that were in agreement with them, and that didn't necessarily include pure constitutionalism. I'm not sure. Well, let, let me say this, Doug, because, yeah. yeah, let me say, say this. I would have to go back and read the Federalist Papers as it pertains to the Supreme Court, but I can tell you that in recent memory, at least in, in, in my lifetime, looking at, uh, you know, the, the Supreme Court nominees of Republican presidents and those appointed by or nominated by Democrat presidents, I have seen a consistent pattern of Republican presidents saying, I am not going to impose a litmus test on people or on uh, nominees saying they're going to vote or they're going to decide cases a certain way that is favorable to me or my party. They have said repeatedly, I intend to nominate somebody who is going to uh, make their rulings in the uh, on the bench based on what the Constitution says and what the laws of the United States say, and making sure that those laws are constitutional, and that's it. The left has turned this into a... 
uh, an activist position to the point where if you don't subscribe to the beliefs that we have politically and ideologically, we don't want you on the court because we need you to act that way on the court. And Elena Kagan just kind of pulled back the curtain and said, yeah, pretty much. We're here to advance liberal agendas. And the fact that we're advancing liberal agendas and some others are advancing conservative agendas means that the Anthony Kennedy seat as the middle guy was very important. That's a huge admission because it doesn't make an admission on behalf of the, quote, other side. Because Thomas and Alito and Gorsuch and Kavanaugh and Roberts would not say, yeah, we're on the conservative side. They'd say we're on the law's side, the Constitution's side. So any of this perceived two-sides thing that's going on is in the camp of the Democrats who have been appointed, or the Democrat appointees, rather than the entire court. Thanks so much for the call. I appreciate it. More calls coming right up on AM 1420, The Answer. Just finishing up uh, what I believe to be an important piece uh, that I'm posting on Facebook during the commercial break there. Speaking of the loss of swing voter Justice Anthony Kennedy, Supreme Court Justice Elena Kagan said Kennedy enabled the court to look as though it was not owned by one side or the other and was indeed impartial and neutral and fair. It's, and it's not so clear that I think going forward that some that sort of middle position, you know, it's not so clear whether we will have it. Excuse me, but Elena Kagan just said there is no one on the court now that's impartial, neutral, and fair. Isn't she on that court? Doesn't that mean that she is not able to be in the middle or neutral or fair? I guarantee you, again, if you asked Alito, Justice Roberts, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh which side they're on, they'd say the side of the Constitution, the side of the law. But Kagan just admitted she's on a political side, and that without Kennedy, there's no one in the middle. Hey, Elena Kagan, how about you becoming the person in the middle of the court? How about you listening to cases and judging them by the Constitution rather than by your liberal agenda? Justice Kagan just disqualified herself from serving on the court. She admitted to being biased and unfair based on politics rather than impartial, neutral, and fair as she believed Justice Kennedy was. Impeach her, not Kavanaugh. Amy is next in Hudson on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Amy, go right ahead. Hi, Bob. Good morning. Thank you very much for informing us and instructing us. And, uh, and I hope that the man who called uh, earlier, the last caller, I hope that he will understand what you were trying to t- explain to him. Now, I'm calling about Elena Kagan. Okay. In my opinion, she is an example of affirmative action in action. In other words, uh, she shows how a uh, person of limited mental ability is promoted above his or her talent. And uh, it's also called Peter Principle. And uh, I used to have more uh, admiration and respect for women years ago who were able to achieve a good position. I, I doubt women nowadays. And it's a, it's a bad thing for women. I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. But I question whether a woman is actually a capable person because of affirmative action and i think she's a good example of that well um 
I, I, I won't go as far as you, um, only because I don't have her qualifications memorized from the point when she was appointed back in 2010 by Barack Obama to, to judge whether or not she was um, the most qualified person or a qualified enough person to accept that seat. However, I will say that I want to trust the Senate the way I want people to trust the Senate now uh, to, to have confirmed uh, a qualified man, not just a conservative man, but a qualified man to take the position appointed or nominated by, by President Trump. They, Lindsey Graham said, look, I voted for Elena Kagan. I didn't like it. I didn't want to because she was liberal, and I think she's going to be an activist on the bench. What word did you just describe? Not activist. You said um, uh, I can't remember what word you just used, Amy, to describe affirmative action. I'm a well, affirmative maybe, action person. Okay, on the bench, uh, but but he, you know, uh, Senator Graham said she was qualified, so I'm going to trust that she's qualified and wasn't there based just on affirmative action. However, uh-huh. having said that, I will agree with you on the 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 overarching um, message here about affirmative action. Did you see? What's going on in California right now? The law that they just passed in the state of California, actually, I don't know if the governor has signed it yet, but I think it passed their state legislature, that mandates that all corporations over a certain size must have at least one woman on their board of directors. Whether it's somebody that's qualified or not, they have to balance or they have to... um, uh, diversify by way of sex or gender the boards of directors of large companies in California, meaning women are going to be appointed to various boards, not because somebody wants them there in a particular place, but because they're required by law. That is affirmative action at its worst. Yes, it is. And it's going to, uh, they also will require three women in the years to come. Yeah, you're right. This is step one. That's very true. That's very true. There is a second step to follow. Thank you, uh, Amy, for the phone call. I, and, and by the way, in no way am I saying that women should not be on boards of directors. I'm saying it should be up to the companies that appoint boards of directors to find the most qualified people. Whether those qualified people have XY chromosomes or XX chromosomes should be irrelevant to the conversation. No one should be appointed just because of their chromosomes, and no one should be appointed or, dis- or disqualified because they have the wrong qu- chromosomes. Just in the same way, no one should be appointed because of the color of their skin, and no one should be disqualified because of the color of their skin. Let merit make those decisions. Content of character, content of abilities. That's what it's supposed to be all about. Back after the news on AM 1420, The Answer. You know, I can uh, I can get with Boston. I, I really can. Great band, great uh, great song there, especially too. But I gotta say, if I if we're doing this, if we're doing rock and we're doing classic rock, then damn it, we're doing Van Halen kind of sort of. Wait for it. 
Uh, thanks again to this uh, band called the Cigar Rappers. I don't know anything about them. I do know Dude sounds just like David Lee Roth, and I do know that that is an absolutely perfect parody of Van Halen's Panama, and it is called Kavanaugh. That is, uh, that's how you should, should be feeling today. All right, uh, 216-901-0945, 888-281-1110. I want to go back to your phone calls. I want to say good morning to my friend Steve Loomis as well. Steve is a Cleveland police detective in the 4th District. He is also the former president of the Cleveland Police Patrolmen's Association. And uh, he joins us now to talk about a couple of matters. We'll get his thoughts on Kavanaugh, but also uh, matters of police and the public once again. Steve, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning, Bob. Thanks for having me. Thanks for slumming with the uh, the Bob France Authority this morning. After all of your regular appearances on Fox News, you've been uh, you've, you've, you've... It's kind of funny how you... How did you do that, by the way? I mean, did it, does it go back to... The um the convention in the summer of 2016, Steve, because you've become such a regular fixture. I think you're on there more than Sheriff Clark is anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, the media we had international media here in Cleveland uh, for the RNC, and I get to to meet and greet a lot of those folks, and and they were interested in what we had to say, and you know they still are apparently so. Well, thing. and they should be. No, they they should be because you you're you're a very important voice in my opinion for law enforcement because you're not afraid to say what needs to be said. As we continue to see more and more officers shot in the line of duty, more of them targeted, ambushed, not being supported by local uh, 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 political leaders, including mayors and uh, uh, you know and city council. So I mean, you are yours is a very important voice, yeah, which is why former, I wanted to... and, and the former president of the United States. And the former president of the United States. Exactly right. Local, I should have expanded. All right. So, Steve, no, that's okay. We'll come back to that stuff in a moment. Um, and, and I want to talk about this, uh, this, this, uh, marching band incident. That's why I brought you on. But I also know you've been very outspoken in this, uh, Kavanaugh situation as well. So, uh, everybody's got a viewpoint. What's yours now that he's been confirmed? Um, I think it's, it's just as served. Um, I, I have the, a very close family member that was a victim of a sexual assault. And uh, so I walk the walk. It's, there's no more heinous crime in the world than that. But you have to assign credibility to the people that are talking. As, as law enforcement, that's what we do. When we're talking to witnesses, victims, suspects. Um, we, we get a story from them, and we assign a certain amount of credibility uh, to the person that's actually talking to you. And then you have to go out and prove what it is they're saying or not saying. In this case, there was absolutely no supporting evidence whatsoever. And again, I am a a, a family member of a, of a sexual assault victim, and there's nothing more dear, near and dear to my heart than that. And if there was a, if there was supporting evidence, then I would have been on the opposite side of that uh, spectrum with regards to Brett Kavanaugh, but there was none. You can't just say somebody did something 36 years ago and have that taken as gospel. You have to prove 
what it is. It's, imagine that world. I mean, oh, my God. Well, that's what your whole profession is based on, isn't it, Steve? It's based yeah. on evidence. I mean, you don't arrest somebody without probable cause and evidence. You don't convict somebody, not that you do the convicting, but in a court of law, uh, we don't convict people without evidence. So we cannot deny people their careers and their jobs and their advancement and their promotions and so on and so forth without evidence. And I, you know, that's the, that's the thing that just is so striking about this. And it's one of the reasons, quite honestly, Steve, why I'm so surprised that because this is clearly a very democratic move, what they were trying to do by the you know the Democrat Party, um, that so many in law enforcement who believe in evidence-based prosecutions and arrests, so many in Ohio, especially law enforcement officers, are backing Democrats like Richard Cordray and Steve Delawal and Steve Delabach. I don't know if he's actually a confirmed Democrat, but. Uh, pretty much acts uh, in concert with them as he uh, as he uh, uh, held up and agreed to and supported that uh, consent decree put in place by the Obama Holder administration. Yeah, well, he, he was President Obama's roommate in college, so I don't think you get much more Democrat than that. I know. I just don't know if he you know he doesn't like run for office as a Democrat, right? He's running uh, for yeah. Attorney General, not necessarily as a Democrat, but but clearly Cordray is, and he's got the backing of the state FOP. Yeah, I and I sword fight with those guys all the time, and they're friends of mine. It breaks my heart um, that he does. You know, when you have a, a candidate for governor that supports open borders, uh, sanctuary cities, you know, the things that law that directly impact law enforcement, law abiding citizens, um, that's problematic. When you have somebody that wants to, uh, that su- heavily supports issue one and tells everybody in the world that it's going to make Ohio safer. It's ridiculous on its face. You're letting 25% of the prison population out, uh, 19 grams of fentanyl or any Schedule One drug would be a misdemeanor. That is insanity. All it's going to do is invite more drug dealers into the state of Ohio, and it's going to actually amplify the, the problems that we have now with opioid addictions and, and drug overdoses. It's not fair to the law-abiding citizens. It's not fair to the law enforcement officers that risk their lives every single day to go out after these drug dealers, and it's not fair to the addicts and, and potential future addicts and their families. Um, it, it's just insanity for anybody to believe that letting 25% of the prison population out of here and making misdemeanors out of fentanyl, Bob, 19 grams of fentanyl, two one-thousandths of a gram of fentanyl is enough to overdose you and kill you. What the you, you literally can kill 10,000 people with 19 grams of fentanyl. And it's a misdemeanor. If you have it in Ohio, it will be if issue one passes. It's a misdemeanor for which you cannot be put in jail. Probation is mandatory. No judge can even overturn that or, 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 or decide on his own or her own to, to sentence somebody to prison for that if this law passes. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. You take take all the power away from the judges. Right now, the only way for a, a drug addict, and, and I think probably by now in Ohio, we all know one or know a family that has somebody that has a drug problem. The only way is to incarcerate, uh, and I'm going to get beat up for saying that, but put them in a system where they don't have access to drugs, where now give them the treatment that they need in-house, Maybe we train them to do a job. Maybe we train them to be a welder or a certified electrician or, you know, so you can come out and they have a chance. But what this, uh, Cordray wants to do is release these drug addicts who are now clean because they're in prison and they don't have access to the drugs. 
He wants to release them back into the environment that created their dependency to begin with. Um, it, it just is absolute insanity. What it's about, Bob, issue one, is they want to take the felonies off the records of what they say are nonviolent offenders. This is nonviolent. Drug dealing is nonviolent. Drug usage is nonviolent. Um, then why are there so many dead bodies? Then why are there so many dead bodies stacked on top of one another as a result of the drug trade? Yeah, absolutely. And where do you think a drug addict gets his money, hundred to three hundred dollars a day, to support his habit? He gets it by kicking in my garage door, breaking into the back door of my house, uh, breaking into my car in the driveway, uh, eventually robbing somebody, a target of opportunity. Um, there's no such thing as nonviolent. Drug usage and drug dealers. It's just overdosing on your own is violent. And the That's families right. are destroyed. The families are destroyed. Yeah, and, and the, the violence of the actual, yeah, the violence and the death of those who overdose obviously is one. But but as you pointed out, and I've it's often horrifying. talked about, even 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 with marijuana, quite frankly, you know, I was saying it's a nonviolent crime to possess marijuana. Do you know how many people get killed in the course of getting that from wherever it's being grown to wherever it's being distributed? Do you know how many dealers have killed one another uh, because you're dealing in my territory? Uh, you know, how many, how many people have been, uh, have been murdered by the cartels who are bringing it and other drugs in from Mexico across our border, whether they're Mexican or not is irrelevant. Uh, but yeah, it is a very violent crime, the whole drug trade. So, um, it blows my mind that again, law enforcement, including my friends too, by the way, I have some of the, some of the same friends you do in the FOP who back uh, Richard Cordray, who backs issue one, which is something that I'm hoping Ohio voters uh, see see through. And they do not vote Cordray as governor, and they do not vote uh, for issue one. Steve, let me uh, move off of that, because I did want to talk to you about police. I want to talk about the Forest Hills uh, ban. This is in Mississippi. Forest Hills School halftime performance during their game on Friday night against Brookhaven High. Brookhaven, just so you know, Brookhaven, Mississippi is where two more police officers were killed in the line of duty just last week as they responded to a shots fired call. Here they come, putting themselves in danger. Steve, you still there? Yes. Okay, I heard a click. I thought I lost you. Uh, putting themselves in the line of duty, knowing there are bullets flying. They go to try to save people. They end up getting killed in Brookhaven. So here comes on Friday Night Football, the Forest Hill High School halftime band performance features, for reasons I still don't understand, uh, uh, students dressed as doctors and nurses pulling out uh, uh, AR-15 replicas and pointing them at students dressed as police officers laying on the ground, either shooting them and murdering these, these uh, you know, play-acting police officers or holding them hostage for some strange reason. Steve, it's gone viral. The criticism has gone viral. Uh, the school district is apologizing. Uh, but in my opinion, it's not nearly enough. What the heck is going on here, and what world is this acceptable? Yeah, I- both great questions, Bob. I, I can't imagine it. But I can tell you this. Nothing is ever going to change in this country, in this state, in the city of Cleveland, until the families get a hold of these kids and start teaching them the right thing. And I'll give you an example of that. Last summer we had uh, a couple of police officers pull up next to a school bus, which uh, windows were open. And the police officers... Describe these kids as ankle biters, first, second, third degree, 
uh, third grade kids, you know, little kids. Mm-hmm. And they're screaming out the window, F the police at these guys. They have it on body camera. You know, that's something that's learned. A first grader doesn't even know what that means. They're, we're teaching our kids. We're losing our kids. We're losing control of our kids. And they and they just don't care. And then guess what? That first, second, third grader that thinks that that's proper is ultimately going to end up dealing with the police it's at 15, 16, 17 years old. You know, so this is, this is a, a prime example on steroids of adults allowing this type of behavior. What are they defending it on? Free speech? And not just it's allowing it, Steve. Not just allowing it. Last time I checked, and I've never been in a band, but, I mean, this stands to reason. The, the band members, the students, don't choose their own routines. They don't choose the songs they play, the, mar- exactly. the, you know, the, the, the performances they do. This is done by the band director, and this is done by, by adults who make these decisions. So, so it's not even that the kids are doing it. These adults are directing these kids to carry out, the, to carry out these horrific things that, that glamorize, that's the only way I say it, for the entertainment of a football crowd glamorizing the 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 play acting shooting of police officers and you wonder what you know like you said about the little kids but you wonder where teenagers and young adults get their ideas on how to treat police officers when they see them yeah it's absolutely a learned behavior that you know kids are innocent if you ever go to a park go to a park over in the second district and, and black kids white kids hispanic kids they're all playing together like it's nothing they should be the ones running the world um, because they just don't get what it is that adults shove down their throats at that age. And this is just absolutely horrifying. Um, there should be there should be mass firings over that. I can't believe I, I haven't heard what they're doing down there. I'm kind of anxious to see you know what the. Here's here's what I have. Let me let me give you that because there's just a little bit that I have. This is from Jackson Public School Superintendent Dr. Eric Green. Jackson Schools is where Forest Hills is part of. On behalf of the Jackson Public School District, I want to offer my deep and sincere apologies for the performance by the Forest Hills High School band during Friday's football game at Brookhaven. Based loosely on the movie John Q, the band's performance depicted a hostage scene that included toy guns. JPS has a great deal of respect and appreciation for our law enforcement partners. The band's performance does not depict the values and people in our community and was incredibly insensitive to the students, families, law enforcement officials, and entire Brookhaven community. For this, we sincerely apologize and intend to do apologize pledge to do better in the future and this is the part that matters we have taken some initial actions in response to this matter and you have my commitment that we will investigate it fully and take appropriate additional appropriate action with respect to procedures and personnel and i hope that personnel means that there are people who are going to be fired over this because anything less than that is a default or de facto endorsement of what they did yeah absolutely i mean can you imagine uh, a band um reenacting, you know, some type of Klan rally. You know, that's what this amounts to. It's, it's, it's pathetic, and it's despicable, and, it, uh, you know, Ben doing a Klan rally would be no less offensive to, to normal, everyday Americans. Any kid, black, white, purple, pink, it doesn't matter. People are middle of the road. They want to live in peace. These are other people's agendas. This, this division, this nonsense that's going on in this country right now, um, the, the right-wing, right-wing wackos, the far-left-wing net jobs, it's insanity. People live in the middle of the road in this country. Yeah. And when these politicians and these administrators and these adults start realizing that and catering to the people that are in the middle of the road, the independents, the modern Republicans, moderate uh, Democrats, 
we're not that far apart in our ideologies in the middle of the road. But the extremists and too many of the extremists are in positions of authority, and that's the problem. By the way, Steve, I got to run. I got to run, but just to let you know, it also says the Forest Hills band director is now on administrative leave pending the investigation. So hopefully that's step one toward his being fired. And quite frankly, if the principal greenlit this, if the school board greenlit this, or anybody else responsible, they should all face the same exact uh, consequence. Yeah, uh, Steve Loomis. Steve, I got to run, my friend. Okay. That's all right. Thank you so much for your uh, analysis of this and more, and we'll talk again soon. Steve Loomis, former president of the CPPA on AM 1420, The Answer. Got to get out now. It's 1053 already. Back with maybe another call on AM 1420, The Answer. Ten fifty six. final segment of the broadcast. It'll be a short one here. Um, what Steve uh, was saying at the end when I had to cut him off simply because of our time uh, is 100% correct in my view. Um, these bands, high school bands, they practice all week on the football field or the practice field that is lined so they, they can do their marches and their precision stepping and so on and so forth. They practice all week for every week's halftime performance. It is impossible to believe that no one else other than the band director knew that they were doing this this you know reenactment of a movie scene as they see it with uh, police officers being you know held at gunpoint or being shot laying on the field it's hard to believe that teachers or faculty or janitors and parents and that's what Steve wanted to say or someone else even just other students you know didn't know about this and didn't think hey should we be like pretending to shoot police officers in a town by the way, Brookhaven, where two cops just got murdered this week, because this was all last week, last Friday, this past Friday's game, three days ago, and it was last week that two officers were killed in the line of duty there. Nobody thought better of that than if that's the case, there should be no one in that school district in a position of leadership that should keep their jobs. None. None. And what's really disturbing is that there is... Uh, there's a story in the Jackson Free Press, the newspaper down there, that says Forest Hills School, Forest Hills School there in Jackson School District in Mississippi, has a history of offensive displays. I don't know what those are, but I'll report more on that tomorrow. Donnie and Euclid is going to wrap up our phone calls today. Donnie, go ahead. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. I tell you, the uh, band director, whoever is in charge at that school, is a microcosm of what we have in positions of authority nowadays in our halls of Congress and, and the Senate. And we saw that over the weekend, and we saw people that reflect that by the by the aberrant behavior of, I believe, a, a few. Have a good day, Bob. Thank you, Donnie, and I, I don't disagree with the word. Thank you. I appreciate that phone call. All right, look, that is all the time that we've got. It's been a very, very fun show celebrating the confirmation of Judge, uh, now Justice Kavanaugh. Obviously, there's a lot of important work still to be done. We are less than 30 days away from an extraordinarily important election in which we must hold on to power. Mike Gallagher's coming up next. Stay right here on AM 1420. The answer. We'll see you tomorrow. Enjoy the silence. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.